0: This is Cass Club Radio.
1: Brought to you by Heritage Distilling.
0: On Cass Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends.
1: Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life.
0: It's Cass Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. So happy to have you here. My name is Lydia Cruz.
0: And I'm Justin Stiefel.
2: And I'm Maura Dooley.
0: One week out. We're Uh. one week out.
2: One week away. What are you talking about, Justin? This week, this weekend is, is the event of the year. It's the Pro Bowl. <laughs> that's what you're yes. talking about, right? The big game?
0: Uh, yeah, that is happening this weekend. Okay. Yes, thank you for reminding me. There might be me. something else, forgotten.
2: some sort of big event that's happening next weekend, I guess. I might be leaving you guys to go to Atlanta. Oh, oh. And attend. Yeah. Yes. Maura, tell us tell us a little bit about that. A little adventure. So we,
1: we both have day jobs here at the station, too. And uh, I produce the John Clayton Show. And we will be broadcasting live from the Super Bowl on Radio Roman. Monday through Friday. That is pretty darn cool.
0: As Maura put it last week, I have to go to the Super Bowl this yes. week, so we've got to <laughs> change our schedule. It's
2: a rough life,
0: man. I have to go to the Super Bowl, yeah. Oh,
2: going to mingle goodness. with some, no. some, uh, some big names and chat with them, and that's always fun, just to see the uh, different past stars uh, walk down Radio mm-hmm. Row and... Yeah. Who, who don't, looking-
1: don't get me wrong. I'm very excited. I just meant when I was telling you that for work purposes, I wasn't just skipping out for fun. We didn't think so. <laughs> don't worry. I think, you said,
0: so. Uh, I think you said something like, I'm just going to be there so I don't get fined. That, does that sound familiar?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how I put it. Okay, so we got the Super Bowl going on next weekend, the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. going on this mm-hmm. weekend. But uh, I know it's also a couple of big events coming up for Heritage Distilling as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, this weekend we're down in Portland at the Portland Trailblazers doing Big Sam and tastings in the Moda Center at the arena. So if you're going to be at the game uh, this evening in Portland, be sure to stop by uh, one of the locations where they're going to be featuring and talking and pouring about heritage selling products, including BSB, because you can't spell basketball without BSB. And uh, we're proud partners with our friends at the Portland Trailblazers and uh, happy to be down there. And then for people who are looking for something to do, Next Saturday, the day before the Super Bowls, down in Gig Harbor is the Winter Sip and Stroll. So you can uh, go down, get a ticket, and go walk up and down a whole bunch of vendors, and there will be breweries, wineries, our distillery rotation room participating, and chefs with food. And it's just a great way to get out in the middle of winter and kind of explore different things and have a good time. So if you got no plans, next Saturday, February 6th, come down to Gig Harbor for the Winter Sip and Stroll.
2: What's going on in the headlines this week?
0: Well. Icelandic Air has launched its own label of craft beer inspired by winter light. The airline partnered with Irish brewer named Boyne Brewhouse to create something I can't really pronounce, it (laughs) because in the Norwegian and Icelandic and Scandinavian languages, they have strange combinations of letters and symbols. So if I were to read it, and there's like a backwards uh, letter here. So if I were to read it phonetically, it would look like, Bjort, and I don't know what what the how to pronounce that, but it means glow of Icelandic snow. It's a pale ale, five percent alcohol by beverage or by volume. It's also the average temperature in Iceland, Uh, and so they uh, brewed it with American hops like Mosaic, uh, Azaka, and El Dorado, as well as some American yeast to develop a light beer with tropical fruit notes like a pineapple, passion fruit, and mango. They're going to put it on their uh, Boeing 737 MAX 8 plane and allow passengers to enjoy this craft beer that uh, they have now brought exclusively to folks who fly Icelandic Air, which is, by the way, a very good airline.
2: Oh, okay. So you have been firsthand. I was going to say, if we have any listeners who (laughs) who are planning any trips, that we we should get a review of this.
0: Yeah, it's an airline that... You know, when I say they take themselves seriously, what I mean is they are, they put together a program in the air that is very professional and, uh, it's not cut rate, but it's not like some ridiculous over the top thing, but it's one of those where you'd say, I enjoyed this flight, I had a great time, and I would fly this airline again. And the beauty is from Seattle to Iceland, you can go non stop with some pretty amazing tickets. I think my wife was finding them for like 400 bucks one way to Iceland. And you go and you hang out in the hot spa that's all ge- geothermically uh, heated and the mud masks and all this stuff. And well, yeah, they were pretty cl- uh, if cool. If you want to get away, it's right? a great place to go. Full lagoon. Yeah, the whole blue lagoon environment. Yeah. It
2: looks awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll get, yeah. We need to plan a, a show trip yes. to Iceland. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Uh, next up in the news, our friends at Anheuser-Busch, they decided to ring in the new year uh, with a convoluted Chinese marketing stunt. And this comes to us actually from our friends at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Aaron Black reported on this at the Wall Street Journal, and he says Anheuser-Busch, uh, which owns the northeastern Chinese company called Harbin Beer, hosted a party in Beijing. Uh, the person who uh, was the guest of honor at the party was Tian Jimmo. She was born at 11.59 p.m., on December 31st of the year 2000. So uh, they fast forward to this year, and they say, hey, you're legal to consume alcohol. So to celebrate her birthday of turning legal, uh, in in China you only have to be 18, the company gave her a lifelong supply of beer. She received a special beer tap equipped with facial recognition technology Mm -hmm. that's supposed to serve her and only her free Harbin beer for life. The problem is that she has a twin sister. And so uh, the question now becomes, Are they going to go through twice as much beer as they had planned in doing this stunt?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, they still supply a lifetime supply if you're doubling up on it.
2: I feel like it's only (laughs) fair. I'm sure they will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they will. Next up, we found some uh, lighter fare to talk about. So a lot of the folks that work uh, with us uh, at Heritage are uh, fans of Pinterest. So Mm -hmm. they spend uh, quite a bit of time looking at what's happening uh, in the society and trends, and just Pinterest is a great gathering of all that information. So uh, they say, move over bar carts. Pinterest stats are pointing to this upcoming wine storage trend. So for people who like wine, but they don't have a lot of space on the floor, or they don't want to go buy another piece of furniture, or maybe uh, the wine cart is uh, an expensive uh, thing, or the bar cart is an expensive luxury for them, Uh, they're coming up with these very cool wall-mounted storage units that... Uh, look beautiful, they fit into the decor of your home based on the kind of color scheme you have, a wood profile and everything else, and they are designed to hold all the wine glasses and hold everything else you would need to serve with your wine, and maybe they want candles. And then they also hold the wine bottles themselves. So uh, go to Pinterest. We'll put some links on at Cast Club Radio. But the wine rack organization trend is up 140% this year just on the trends tracking for Pinterest and for people looking for wine storage options. So uh, it's kind of cool, and you know it's another way to think about how to store your wine.
2: We just have to warn people if that if you do... Th- you know venture down this road you might get stuck for hours just looking at these projects and potential (laughs) DIY things that's exactly what happens to me coming up on cast club radio the government shutdown has affected a lot of people but we're going to take a look at specifically how it's affected drinks companies it's next on cast club radio Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Since the government shut down on December 22nd, there's there's been tons of reverberations, not just for the people working, but also in the marketplace. And uh, the drinks business is an area you might not think about that having repercussions. But, Justin, you're just the person to talk to about this.
0: Yeah, well, the shutdown on the government uh, impacts every aspect of uh, every winery, distillery, brewery, and cider maker. Uh, and all the distributors, because everything we do uh, when it comes to getting recipes done or getting labels approved for your favorite beer or wine or or spirit, they all have to be approved by a very uh, small, obscure agency called the TTB, the Tariff and Trade Bureau, which is a small group inside uh, ATF. And uh, most people don't realize that there's a small group of folks there that are overseeing every aspect of this uh, production, recipe development, and label approval. And that has been shut down since the government shut down. What does that mean? It means your favorite brewery who had a plan to launch a new beer, breweries are very astute at launching new creative recipes on a regular basis. You know, go to any tap room. They've got lots of seasonal rotational stuff. They can't produce it, put it in the can or put it in the keg, and sell it unless they get that label approved. And there's no way to get the label approved right now while the government shut down. If you Google TTB and brewery and government shutdown, you'll see a lot of uh, articles that have been posted in the last few weeks about what this is doing, and it's also impacting the winemakers. Think about the winemakers that had vintages that uh, were in barrels and are done and are ready to go in the bottles and had planned a January launch like they normally do. They're stuck. They can't legally put that wine in the bottle unless they have a label uh, that's been approved by the feds. Uh, So we found a couple articles of interest here, and uh, both are from the drinks business. And this one talks about uh, how the government shutdown is affecting drinks companies. Uh, With 25% of federal services closed and 800,000 members of uh, federal staff without pay, those government agencies are on postponement. And uh, one uh, brewery, Oklahoma-based Prairie Artisan Ales was getting ready to release their new brownie-flavored beer they call Fudge, which I like that. That's very creative. Mm -hmm. But they can't get the approval. And uh, the CEO said, please help uh, the people want the beer. Um, So this is having a tremendous impact. And more importantly, when this impact, when the government finally reopens, there will be such a backlog, a flood of, of the... Uh, 7,000 breweries in the U.S., the 2,000 distilleries, the 5,000 wineries, they're all going to log on and load up all their uh, formulas and colas, uh, labels for approval, and there's going to be a massive backlog, and it's going to be months until this stuff gets resolved, and it, it's, it has a devastating impact economically.
2: Is it more apt to affect sort of the locals, breweries or small businesses or big companies?
0: Well, the financial impact to small businesses that had a plan and who wanted to roll something out. Mm-hmm. They had promised. Uh, think about this. You you go in in October, maybe you meet with your local uh, regional Safeway uh, management, and yeah. you say, we're going to launch this beer in January, Beer X. Okay, Safeway says, okay, we've got shelf space. We'll set it aside for you. And then you can't deliver it. You're not going to get that shelf space back. Mm-hmm. The big guys, it's equally as financially damaging because they work on such a huge mm-hmm. scale that any – One-day delay could mean millions of dollars. If you think about the country right now, Southern Wine and Spirits, they're going to do $18.5 billion in sales. That's $50 million a day of beer, wine, and spirits they're selling somewhere around the U.S. So every day where a new product is being delayed and getting launched and brought to market, it is millions and millions of dollars. So this... Uh, closure impacts everybody up and down the supply chain. If you are uh, going to order labels for your new wine or if you're going to order new cans printed for your new beer, you're not going to spend the money on those items until you know the artwork and labels have been approved. And so the longer this delay goes on, the further and further behind everybody's going to be. And It doesn't just affect the brewery or wine or distillery itself, but it affects the vendors and suppliers from which they buy all their uh, ingredients to make and package their uh, products. So this is a tremendous impact up and down.
2: Has it? Is it something that's hit home for you guys as well at Heritage Distilling?
0: Well, no. Uh, we planned ahead when news of an impending shutdown was happening in December. We went ahead and pre-filed everything we needed. And we also accessed the government webpage and downloaded copies of all of our permits and Files, so we may need for other paperwork we have to do. So we plan to hit a little bit, but if uh, w- when it reopens, if we need to go file for something, mm-hmm. uh, it will impact us because the delay and the backlog will be so big that it oh, could add yeah. weeks or months to getting something approved.
2: Because it really is a small, how big would you say this operation is? The ATT? The whole
0: TTB is yeah. the, the TTB, the Tariff Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, is uh, they have a handful of people literally who approve all the labels in the US. And you're talking about 20,000 or more labels uh, annually that get submitted have to be wow. reviewed and either get approved, rejected, or fixed. So literally a handful, less than 10 people.
2: Wow, yeah. Now,
0: now on the flip side, you're a federal worker. Uh, in some cases, you're not getting uh, paid. You got, you know, you're furloughed or whatever the terminology is for your particular agency or department. There is a little bit of something you can take advantage of, and that is in Washington, D.C., if you're an employee, a group of uh, breweries and restaurant owners created a webpage called payitfurloughed.com, and it's a website that allows other people like us and everybody else out there to donate beer to a civil servant. So you can go online, you can go to com, you can donate money, uh, enough money is collected, uh, they calculate how much beer that'll buy, and the tax that's due in the, uh, the D.C. market. And you can go to breweries like Atlas Brew Works, um, or event spaces like Mess Hall, and you can get free beer, or beer not free, but beer that has been paid and donated for you. Um, so... Uh, if you want to uh, support some federal workers that are not working right now, go to payitfurloughed dot com and maybe throw five or ten bucks in there. Buy buy a worker a beer. Yeah,
2: so nice. that sounds nice. I've read about a couple other organizations too that are doing similar things for meals, chefs getting together and uh, also cooking meals and probably providing some beverages so everybody uh, who is furloughed right now can get something to eat or drink because everybody deserves that. That's cool. Well, coming up on Cast Club Radio, it's one trend in the beer industry that we've talked about, the service industry that we've talked about on this podcast in the past, but now there is one locally here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, combining two things that you wouldn't think normally go together at the bar, but it's next on Cast Club Radio. cast club radio right now we're joined by dan quinn the owner of axe kickers seattle this is such a cool place we've talked about it on cast club radio before axe throwing bars dan can you tell me a little bit about axe Kickers seattle
3: yeah uh we are seattle's first axe throwing venue it's been a huge hit uh in canada and on the east coast and it's just starting to spread across the country now and uh we're happy to be seattle's first axe throwing venue
2: how did this become? How, yeah, how did this become a trend?
3: It started in the backyard with some guys, and just kind of caught on. With, like with a group of friends, and more and more people wanted to do it. And there's actually leagues that have kind of caught on. So that's kind of the growth of the uh, the sport is just the league play for it. And of course, it kind of turned into like a bar situation. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of people enjoy having something fun to do while they're uh, drinking a beer.
2: So is your background in in either the beer or restaurant or bar industry? Or are you just a big fan of this as a hobby? Or how did you get into this? Because you are a co-owner with your dad as well.
3: Yeah, my background is actually in uh, game design. But I went to one in Philadelphia and just had a blast. And I looked it up and there wasn't anyone doing it in the Northwest. So I thought the Northwest is lumberjack country. We <laughs> need a X run venue.
2: And what's the response been from the people in the local community?
3: It's been a huge hit. Uh, we have people that are a little weary when they come in. They're you know, they almost crying because they're so scared of an axe. But by the end of it, um, everyone's turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they're just having a blast throwing axes. Do you get a discount uh, if you're wearing a flannel shirt? No discount, but it does improve your game. No. Okay. All right. Good.
2: For, for those of, who are unfamiliar, can you explain a little bit of the rules behind it?
3: Yeah. So um, there's a certain distance that you have to stand. It's about 15 feet from the target. Uh, there's a regulation on the axe uh, length and weight and all that. And basically, um, you square off against an opponent. It's an individual sport. So you're going to throw five throws. Uh, you switch targets, throw five. And it's the best out of three situation. So whoever wins two out of three rounds wins the match.
2: Okay, okay. So do things get pretty competitive? Have you seen you know people like ruin friendships over this so far?
3: No. Uh, <laughs> a lot of egos have been hurt. Okay. Um, but what people don't know is there is a lot of technique and form to throwing an axe. It's not uh, just throwing a Velcro ball against a the wall. Uh, there's technique to do it to get the stick, and, um, you know, it's very teachable. So everyone, everyone can learn how to be really good at it really really quick.
0: Okay, so when you're applying for your liquor license to sell a beer, wine, cocktails, whatever, and the, the liquor control agent comes in to do the inspection before you open, what's their reaction when they see this thing?
3: They're a little taken back. <laughs> they don't really know what to think at first. But, it's you know, we have a very safe environment. Everything's enclosed. It's kind of like you're in a batting cage or, like, at a gun range. So everything is enclosed, and you're going in front of you. There aren't people just throwing axes in the air randomly.
0: So do you uh, sign up to get, I guess, is it a lane or a pit, or what do you call this thing?
3: Yeah, so two targets is one lane, and we okay. recommend maybe about 2 to 12 people per lane. But yeah, you can just go on our website or call us. You can make a reservation. Usually good for an hour or two hours. I do recommend two hours for throwing because you will have a blast. It is a lot of fun, and <laughs> time's gonna go super quick.
2: Sounds like you might so, actually get like a workout too. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
3: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of you know. It's it's a one and a half pound weight that you're throwing for an hour or two hours, and you're walking back and forth to pick it up or off the wall if you're good enough, over and over and over.
0: So what's, what's this cost? A typical outing, you're going to rent the lane for two hours. Uh, what's that costing you first and foremost?
3: So uh, it's per person, so 20 bucks an hour and 35 for two hours. And then uh, okay. if you start bringing in bigger groups for private parties, which is great for company parties, uh, we start uh, giving you discounts and dropping the raise per person and all that.
0: And how many lanes do you have?
3: Uh, so we have four lanes, um, and then we also have a side practice lane. So it's okay. you could have a party up to about sixty people in here.
0: And so if you aren't in the lane throwing and you don't have a reservation, you can still go hang out and have something to eat and drink and watch people throw.
3: We it's typically just for the reservations. Um, you can show up you know a half hour before if you want. We have a uh, a game called Hammerschlagen, uh, which is a big hit. Um, it's pretty much like a game where you want your nail to be the last up. And you flip a hammer, and you try to hammer other people's nails.
2: Oh, I have seen this before. Mm. I've seen this at cool. some um, like music festivals I've gone to where people are camping, and I've always wanted to play this game.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a game we played growing up uh, in Pennsylvania, where I'm from. So, I just thought it'd be a perfect uh, scenario for the uh, axe throwing. We're kind of trying to bring the uh, the camping experience. Yeah, uh, indoors.
2: I like that. So when it comes to the food and beverage side of this, how does that work? Because people can bring in their own food and beverages if they want, or they can uh, eat and drink there.
3: Yeah, we just have a small fee for bringing in uh, outside food and drinks. but You just acquire a banquet permit, and then you are allowed to bring in um, beer and wine, your choice, whatever you want to bring. So it's it's cheap that way. You get to bring it in at cost and just pay us a small fee for bringing it in.
0: Do you have your own beer, wine, or spirits and food that you offer?
3: Uh, we just have uh, snacks at the moment, and um, we currently yep. do not sell beer or wine. But that's that's going to be coming in the next uh, few months here. That's Got pretty
2: it. exciting. Okay. Speaking of coming in the next couple of months, you, you guys also have some some pretty cool stuff in the works when it comes to where you're taking this venture next. I heard perhaps a league is coming. Yes,
3: yeah, so we have a league starting. Uh, We're currently um, in the National Axelron Federation um it's a it's kind of worldwide actually it's in like 70 different cities right wow. now and um so if you're good enough with us you can uh, qualify for bigger and bigger competitions and um you represent seattle uh for the world of excellent
2: that's pretty cool <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's awesome that was awesome <laughs> yeah. so people- and we also have, have a uh, we also have a a mobile unit uh coming to seattle soon um so we're going to be taking that around to uh different breweries different festivals everything if you want to have a company party we we can bring the party to you
0: well that's pretty this is big news this is big news in seattle think about this in the last 12 months we have a professional rugby team we just got awarded an nhl franchise and now you can represent seattle and the world axe throwing competitions i mean what what else is left
3: <laughs> we have arrived
0: <laughs> this is amazing <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's, yep. it's exciting. Maybe, maybe it'll be a, a, a Hammerslogging League starting up as well.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: Hammerslogging.
0: Get hammerslogged oh, That's awesome.
2: <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for taking time to, uh, to come on and tell people about this. Uh, we'll make sure people check out, sign up for the league, because I know as soon as they go, they're going to love it, and they'll want to take the, their competitive skills to the next level. Where can people find more information?
3: You can visit our website. It's axekickers.com. If you have any other questions, you could just email us at axekickers at gmail.com.
2: Perfect.
1: I think we need to start a Heritage Distilling League and see if we can represent Seattle. Let's go.
0: Love it. We're ready to (laughs) kick some axe.
1: (laughs) Dan, thank you so much. All right.
0: Thank you so much. Congratulations, Dan.
1: Thank you so much again to Dan Quinn from Axe Kickers for joining us. Make sure you go to axekickers.com to check out the league that they're starting up, to get your reservations and book private parties. You can do all of that at axekickers.com. Coming up next... We're going to talk about a little bit of what I call an effervescent movement that is happening in the spirits industry, but also a company making kind of a mocktail version of a lot of these sparkling drinks that we're seeing that's coming up next on Cast Club Radio.
2: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio in just a few moments. We've got a brand new cocktail recipe for you uh, to try at any of your uh, parties you might be having here with football uh, very much in the mix, including Dry Soda, a local company here in Seattle. But first, we do have to talk a little bit about the direction that uh, dry sodas or LaCroix type sodas are going here in the beverage industry.
0: Yeah. So I think Maura, Off Air, you referred to it as the effervescent movement. (laughs) And we've talked about this multiple times recently now, and that is... This demand by consumers for lower sugar, lower calorie, lighter drinks in smaller proportionate package sizes. LaCroix is a sparkling water, I guess you'd call it, in a can. Multiple flavors. It blew up in the last uh, 18 months. You could find it all over the place, uh, the sparkling water contains no alcohol, sugar-free and low low calorie. Yeah, no Pepsi got into the business. No calories. Yeah, yeah, Pepsi got into the business uh with their Buble line to compete against that. It's just the, you know, the evolution of of that. Well, uh now you're seeing alcohol companies and non-alcohol companies alike also entering that business. We've talked about the spiked seltzer. Uh, we talked about one brand called White Claw, probably the most famous uh, sparkling uh, type drink is Mike's Hard Lemonade, <laughs> but most people don't think about it like that because of the color and the flavor profile, yeah. but it does technically fit that. There's a new craft, uh, there's an uh, existing craft brewery called Oscar Blues, and they are making um, a boozy LaCroix style alcohol uh, sparkling water in a can, and that's going to be 5% ABV. They call it Wild Basin. It's fermented from sugar cane as opposed to malt barley. Uh, It's got, uh, again, 5% alcohol. It's 100 calories, less than a can of Bud Light. It's got one gram of carbs, zero grams of sugar. So uh, that's a big, big deal. And again, they're in smaller package sizes so that you don't feel like you have to, you know, finish off the whole bottle or, or whatever if you were used to drinking wine, something like that.
2: Consume a ton. Yeah, I am a, obviously a big football fan, and I end up tailgating at several either UW games or this year I was at Notre Dame, Michigan. And it was interesting how many of these types of drinks that I saw. I felt like I was offered... Several different kinds of the, uh, yeah, alcoholic... Sparkling drink, which I found I was uh, that was great with because I'm a huge fan of LaCroix and these other beverages. But it's great because the ABV is low, and if you wanted to, you could make a stronger cocktail even with it, mm-hmm. I think. But uh, for the people who just want to consume a little bit, it's also perfect for them, and it feels a little bit refreshing if you're out there. Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan was like 95 degrees, <laughs> so uh, on a cool or you're on a hot day, it feels refreshing and less filling than beer, yes, absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so then this week Coca-Cola announced that they're launching a line of alcohol-free sparkling drinks. Okay, so let's explain what that means because mostly you would <laughs> think that Coca-Cola yeah. was alcohol-free anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. So they're they're launching something similar. It's a sparkling line of drinks, but it is uh, their flavor profiles of what you would expect to have alcohol in uh, alcohol in them, like sangria, dry-aged cider. Bellini spritz, and a spiced ginger mule, kind of like a Moscow mule. So in these cases, they're attempting to attract the consumers that might want to feel like they're having a cocktail. Uh, It has the effervescent sparkling effect of the bubbly, but it has no alcohol in it. And because of that, it has lower calories. So each serving is between 70 and 130 calories, depending on which flavor profile you get. So again, this is Coca-Cola's entry and the brand uh, that they're using for this launch is called bar none
1: oh, okay it's a little pricey for for not having alcohol considering a four pack is
2: 10.99
0: and a 16 pack is 40 bucks yeah 40 bucks for a 16 pack so the math doesn't make sense on those but for people who want pre-mixed cocktail feel Without the alcohol, though, uh, it also means there's no alcohol tax on them because uh, there's no alcohol. It also means you can buy them anywhere in the country because there's no alcohol. You can buy them at any grocery store, any convenience store, and so on.
2: Interesting. I'll be wondering if people will also be adding alcohol to those yeah. as sort of just <laughs> using it as their, you know, all of their mixer. So be curious to follow both of these and see how that trend starts to develop because it seems to be such a, a bigger and bigger part of the market. Speaking of, though, we've got a cocktail recipe this week that involves a little of the effervescent movement. I think you should trademark that, more. I really like it. I could (laughs) see it being a brand in the future. (laughs) What's the cocktail recipe for us this week?
0: Well, this uh, cocktail recipe uses dry soda. It's a local soda uh, purveyor here from the Seattle region and uh, Western Washington. This is designed for football parties because we all know the big games are coming up. They're easy to make. You can also make them in larger batches. So... This requires a blood orange dry soda. You can mix it with BSB uh, or some of our Elk Rider gin or some of our Elk Rider vodka. So that's one example. Uh, you can get the dry soda cucumber flavor. You can mix that with our gin or vodka. And if you get the uh, ginger flavored dry soda, that's great with uh, our Elk Rider bourbon or batch number 12 bourbon or vodka if you're not a whiskey fan. So the idea behind these is, Get a bowl, put some lemon, lime, and orange wedges in the bowl, and then mix up basically like a punch. And the punch is going to be whatever the dry soda is mixed with the uh, alcohol of your choice, BSB, gin, vodka, or bourbon.
2: Sounds perfect. Lots of different variety that you can work with. Are you, Justin, by the way, are you hosting any party here coming up for football?
0: We'll have a small get-together in uh, our house, and you know we'll have lots of multi-layer dips and chips, and uh, we'll probably have a couple Delicious. cocktails or two for the crowd. Love
2: yeah. it. Love it. Yeah, what is your go-to uh, fan-favorite cocktail at, your, at those parties?
0: The fan-favorite uh, this year, we're probably going to make a big punch uh, bowl item, uh, but then we... You know, we tend to have a bar set up with lots of bottles, and we kind of have an open bar policy. And people, nice. when they come to our house, they know they, they need to bring something to add to a cocktail to share with the group. Uh, and then there's this little mini cocktail competition that starts up. So I don't ah, know what's going to happen.
2: Well, cool. Maybe on the future episodes of Cast Club Radio, if there's anything really uh, interesting be born out of that, if someone invents a great cocktail, you'll have to share it with us. Absolutely. Well, if you want to check out this uh, cocktail recipe or any of our past cocktail recipes from Cast Club Radio, as always, you can go online to heritagedistilling.com. They're posted up there for you to make it easy, where you can also check out episodes of Cast Club Radio, including this one and past episodes.
0: That's right. And you can find us uh, live every Saturday in the Seattle market on ESPN 710 or on Cairo FM uh, 97.3. Also, we want to remind folks that we are on the air in Spokane on the ESPN, FM, and AM affiliates. And, of course, uh, download the podcast, and you can find us on social media. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes.
2: As always, we'll see you next week.
0: Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us
2: out on MyNorthwest.com to learn
1: more and catch up on past episodes. Cask
0: Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.